This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! King Kong ain't got shit on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Say my name. And here we go. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Realish. I'm Garrett. How's going on? I'm Matthew, and uh, joining us today is Christina. How are you two doing today? There we Hi. go. We start. We start. We start I didn't know if we're gonna introduce Christina first, and it had yeah. me go or introduce both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still working things we're, out. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Everyone, I, I, I'm pleased that that uh, we have today's guest. This is one of my oldest friends. This, Aside from like Jesus and my sister, this is my oldest friend, uh, Christina. So I'm glad that she has joined us. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, everyone you watching um or listening, uh, Jessica is not with us today. She's as you probably heard in probably like two episodes ago. She is actually uh, uh doing a uh, project that has her out of the town for about a month. So. We probably won't see her on an episode for a couple of weeks, but you know we'll, we'll we look forward to having her back. So, uh, good luck out there, uh, J- Jessica, if you're listening. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into it. What have you guys been watching? Uh, I've been slacking. I, I've been slacking big time. <laughs> That's the honest truth. Other than obviously, what will be our main topic of discussion mm-hmm. uh, in Severance? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it was one of those one of those weeks where I was just very focused on that one show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't even, yeah. So I, I'll be honest, I, that's all I was up to for like the past past week, since last time okay. we talked. So okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> be, I'd rather be upfront. I'd rather be upfront about it. But it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. You seen you been anything? You watching anything? Uh, nothing good. I would say, in my opinion, I okay. watched the newest season of Russian Doll. It, oh. I don't know. It was like a flop to me. Like I thought the concept of Russian Doll in general was really cool, and then their most recent season was like just, I don't know. They took it too far. What's the <laughs> it was like weird. Um, her days were repeating. So it's Natasha Leone from Orange Is the New Black, which is great. She plays a lead. She does a phenomenal job, and like basically. It takes you through each day, keeps repeating for her, and she doesn't know why. And then she meets someone else whose days do that as well. So they accidentally die, and then they wake up, and it's like the same day. Like, it's it's her birthday on repeat. But then the newest season was just kind of like, I don't know, like, she's time traveling. She finds this magical train, and it takes her back into, like, the 80s and she's basically embodying her mom so she present like it was just it was like oh, you guys could have left you could have left sure. it at, at the two that, that sounds like the newest concept for fast fast time yeah, yeah. like we were talking about last night yeah, yeah. i'm so yeah. i'm still open to that idea i think franchise is beyond repair so yeah 
I mean, Fast and the Furious, that's just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they they might as well just do whatever they want to do at this point because the first three were probably their best, but then she was like, stop. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of it, but... (laughs) <laughs> um, they're, and they're now in production now. Like Vin Diesel just announced it. Uh, what? Was it three days ago? Earlier this, two or yeah, three days ago? Some, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. days ago. Like Fast Ten, and apparently his daughter has something to do with um, uh, his uh, Dominic's sister. I forgot, I forgot Mia. I think that's her name in the movie. Um, has something to do with her character actually being in the film or something like that. I, I don't. I don't know why, but. I, Whatever, Godspeed to them. I, that that is, I don't know what is going to happen with the with the movie. Apparently, it's going to be two parter. So, um, technically, we'll have eleven films from Fast and the Furious. So, that's going to be nice. That's going to be nice. That sounds terrible. Uh, it, is, it is terrible. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I'm trying to be, I feel like I'm they trying, just should have trying to be cordial. They, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> like they could have. <laughs> Let's move on from what's been done already, and I mean, you can take the same concept and just do it in a new way. But I don't need Ben Diesel's daughter, who has something to do with Mia, and it's like this whole. And then The Rock makes a cameo. Like I just don't, <laughs> I just don't need it. Yeah, or Jason Momoa. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just like <laughs> money and, and money talks too, because you know we're as the yeah, audience, yeah. we're still you know, paying X amount of money for these movies to be made. And it's mm. just, I mean, I, I, I'm fine with it, honestly, because I said before, they do time travel. I'm open to the time travel idea. At, at this, this point, point, why not? They're going to be in the MCU. They, they're yeah. going to help. Crossover Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. I, I, I don't even care anymore. This yeah. is, it's illogical and <laughs> makes no sense. That's why they... I think they should just do something like totally different. This is how I felt yeah. about like Batman. I don't need to Which be one? from Twilight, the newest one. You didn't like it from Twilight. You liked it. It was very I cheesy. I loved it. No, I loved it. It was extremely cheesy. Really? You thought so? <laughs> Seeing this guy who was a vampire like not know how to actually action act like he in the beginning scenes when he goes to fight these bad guys he's like uh, not even hitting them and he's like it was just uh, you know you know what's very interesting about that i think um some people uh uh, uh missed the, the the point of the time period because this is batman year 2 right this, he's still learning different things and learning how to move around like you know you you saw the Batman. We discussed this, Matt. My bad. Yeah, we yeah. No, no, you're all good. You're all good. Yeah, but there there's like that one scene where you know he's uh jumping off a building. He put on um that uh that flight suit, right? Like we know Batman has a cape that extends out and allows him to glide, but he's not at that point yet where he's learned about that. And then all of a sudden, threw the parachute up, hit the bridge, and you know tumbled and everything like that. Like. It's little quirks in it. I actually enjoyed it because it was something where we're, we're seeing him learn to be uh, uh, what he is. And I, I, I mean, it. I what? think that's cool. I just think that yeah. they could have gone with a different actor. Like, it's, it, it, it just reads as cheesy. Like, it doesn't present okay. well, in my I opinion. Actually, okay, I, watched, I rewatched it because it hit HBO Max uh, last yeah, week, I think. Yeah, it sure did. 
Um, I rewatched it, and I have to say, I actually think his Batman voice is the best that we've heard. Okay, I can agree with that. He does have a in good terms Batman of like voice. in terms yeah. of uh, then. I mean, yeah. I'd say is I mean, I'd give the edge to, to uh, Ben Affleck, but he also has a voice modulator. He too. has a modulator, yeah. So, yeah. but I think in terms of like a natural voice, the natural, yeah. He, yeah, Pattinson was, in my opinion, the best one. I think he he's the best Batman we've ever had. I, I was I was on him. I was supporting him True. from the jump because yeah. everyone kept saying that he couldn't act. They had like, I mean, they were controlling. Yeah. But he sort of has like that Twilight stigma to him, and that's why it's kind of hard to detach him from what was it? Did he play Edward or something? Yeah, he plays the main character. It's it's just that he it's not even like his acting because he played other like serious roles. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess maybe it isn't like it's not like he's a good fit. He's just not mature enough in his chops yet, in my opinion, for him to carry such a weighty role. Like, That's I liked the concepts of it, but, like, certain things were just cheesy. Like, in the opening scene, what, like, where we hear him breathing. <laughs> like, do you guys remember that? Oh, the Riddler? <laughs> so, I, it, that I was the Riddler. Yeah, that was the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say that um, I can understand certain aspects. So, I think Paul because Paul Dano can, could have easily given a, a terrible performance based yeah. on what the director wanted. But I thought he did a, I thought he did a remarkable job. The the one scene that almost got to me was um when Batman like meets him uh face to face, uh mm-hmm. in uh in the Arkham prison, mm-hmm. and then basically says I forgot like what led up to uh to his screaming, but he was just basically saying like you know you're a nobody, and he started screaming he's like no 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 yeah 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 and all that <laughs> I, I can't re- I can't replicate it, but th- no, that that almost got that almost got to me. Uh, yeah. I, I was close to laughing. <laughs> Because I wasn't sure it was meant to be like this darkly comedic moment, uh, but it's also meant to show like psychologically how Henji is. Yeah. So I don't know what their intention was with that scene, but I, I yeah, a lot of I people saying that they to make you laugh. Yeah. I just think it's just he's not. I mean, he did what he did, and conceptually it was really great. But like, yeah, I feel like they could have let him act in some other things for some time and then use him, if that makes sense. Robert Pattinson, I, right? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Did, did, did you ever... Jesus, and I, I'm, I'm forgetting the name again, but we, you and I actually kind of talked about it a little bit, Matt. Um, the Devil... The Devil Inside, I think. Oh, uh, Devil All the Time? The de- yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that, Christina? Mm-mm. That's a movie that's on Netflix that you should definitely watch. It's with... Okay. um, It's with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Uh, Tom... Dear God, <laughs> the guy who plays Spider Man. I don't know why I'm blanking on names right now. Tom um, Holland. Holland, thank you. I knew it was an H. Um, Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson uh, were in that film, and Robert did a phenomenal job in that movie. I actually think there's there's probably there's a handful of movies that he's done. I yeah. think within the last five years that showcase his uh, range. Yeah, Very he well. did. Remember me? I think that's the name of it. What I was mm-hmm. about the Twin Towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was good. Yeah. It was yeah. a more serious. I just think he just. I don't know, like, cause you had to. I had some scenes where I was feeling the same way, Matt. Where I'm like, am I supposed to laugh here? Yeah, or is yeah. Supposed to be like a serious moment, 
because it yeah. was serious. And I feel exactly. like that comes with like seasons, like you do enough acting to where it no longer reads cheesy. Kind of like Will Smith's progression, hot take, where he like he had some movies in the beginning where it was like, <laughs> and then he just got so much better and he carried and embodied like the roles a lot better like Hancock for example like he would not have been able to do that in the 90s when he was Fresh Prince Will Smith and he just embodied that character a lot better Mm -hmm. no that's a good point yeah I think for me I mean Robert Pattinson is one of my favorite actors Um, and so I've appreciated his commitment to every role I think his performance in Devil All the Time is one of those where he he gives like a he, he does his own southern accent and he didn't yeah. use a dialect coach. So there are a lot of scenes where he sounds awkward yeah, yeah. At, at, at parts. But I think his it, it's one of those things where like you know an accent is bad, mm-hmm. but they deliver the lines in a way where you can forgive it. Yeah. And that's sort of what I was reminded not, not to say like his accent wasn't terrible, but it just it sounded odd like compared Anna to the rest Delvey. of the cast yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so but i think moments like that make me appreciate him because he does go above and beyond to make sure that you know every role is you know distinct for the next then when it comes yeah. to the batman you know i i think he's personally the best batman um i mean we really had i mean I, i've been a huge like christian bale fan but I, my main complaint yeah. with him and i know you touched on like the choreography oh, <laughs> aspect of, of the uh of, multiple reasons the most recent like ones the reason why me and Derek, John, uh, my older brother, uh, as well, we I'm not sure where your thoughts are, but the Nolan co- fight choreography is very bad. Um, a lot of it is sort of like a lot of it's in camera, so you see like punches not connecting with people. You'll see like actual like criminals like falling to the ground randomly, even though a kick is like like Batman will kick them in, in their direction, but like the foot is like five feet away from them. A lot of stuff like that. You know, but I, I'm curious what your thoughts were. If like the do you think the choreography is an improvement compared to like Nolan's or just what we've seen, you know, from the live action versions? As a whole. I'm not gonna lie, I did not watch the Christian Bale ones. <laughs> In really? my head, oh, wow. that's fair. I can tell like I know what I'm gonna like, <laughs> and immediately I'm like, oh, no, I'm good on that one. That's interesting, <laughs> and, and that's just. Yeah, so I don't really have anything. I mean, I'm comparing it to uh, some of the original Batmans. Um, yeah. And I I thought the movie was, the newest Batman was great. I just, I think that Robert just needed to be a little bit more seasoned for his lines to read the, to the best of their abilities, if that makes sense. Like, they read well. They just if you're having moments where like it's basically like you're watching what's eating Gilbert Grape where you're like, is this what's, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. You're not sure. I feel like that's, uh, you know, partially the way the actor is presenting them versus like the writing. Yeah. I can see why you say that. I, I actually took that as him as his character being a younger version of Batman to where it's this awkward feel to it. 
that's how it read to me. So I didn't I didn't take yeah. it as as more so uh Robert's acting. I took it as that was the that was the purpose uh behind the the the, the character. Um I I actually have this current version of his Batman as 2. I have Ben Affleck as 1, I have his as 2. Now if not if we will get another we will get a sequel all right i think once that happens we get a more improved batmobile we get a more improved bat suit once those two things happen i will likely put him at one but i will yeah. watch the older batmans and jesus I, I, no just no just that's not batman yeah catwoman which i don't think anyone has really talked about this but catwoman michelle pfeiffer's version of catwoman is so crazy and deranged it has nothing to do with the character catwoman now zoe kravitz version that's catwoman that that's that's what i remember catwoman being in the cartoons right um sort of seductive you know wasn't uh, anne hathaway Catwoman mm-hmm. too. Yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, in the she in the was. Nolan trilogy, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think no, she was like, very. Nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer is a great a great actress, but I think I think I told you just Derek. I might have. I think I only watched like Batman Forever in full. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I've only watched parts of Batman, and if I did watch Batman, it was forgettable for me. Mm-hmm. But. It was just very. A lot of the scenes were just awkward. They you were. know, I, it was just a lot they of. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. It was just. I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a, I mean maybe the intention was to make us uncomfortable, but I also feel like, I don't know. There, there's more like subtlety to Catwoman and Batman's relationship as mm-hmm. opposed to like the more like explicit. You know, like we share a kiss. You know, with the rain pouring down above us. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. There's actual Jesus like depth stuff. behind. Yeah how the relationship develops in the comics and in, in the film, you could take it or leave it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can probably have an argument that maybe they should have spent more time developing Catwoman as opposed to being this like secondary character whose yeah, yeah, only yeah. purpose is just, I, you know, I'll have a scene here to progress the plot as opposed mm-hmm. to me having, you know, stuff like that. But so what did you guys think about Zoe Kravitz's uh, performance in her version of Catwoman then? I thought they had great chemistry. Yeah, I thought her. Yeah, and I think that really held it together for me, at least, because they, because of their chemistry, they kind of work really well together. So, for me, Zoe Kravitz isn't. I feel like sometimes she falls a little flat being a main character. So to have someone where she like can feed off of their energy and they're feeding off of hers like it kind of mm-hmm. elevates her roles and her acting skills in my opinion um because she mm-hmm. a good example is high fidelity on hulu if you guys saw that she's like the lead mm-hmm. in high fidelity they did not renew um and you find yourself being more interested in like her co-stars who are not the main characters but you want to know more about their storylines than you do hers and she's supposed to be the focal point so i feel like that's interesting i feel like she does 
a really good job working off of chemistry. So I thought she did a great job. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I I, I do too. I actually, I think her Catwoman uh, is the best one. Um, someone was like, I said that on uh, I think Facebook a couple weeks back, and and someone was like, well, there hasn't been that many, so like, how can you say that? That's valid. That's fine. That's a valid point, but the 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 the, the issue that I've had is people have said that Michelle Pfeiffer's version is the GOAT and I went back and rewatched it and there's no way in hell I'm putting that even top three. I, like, there's yeah. just no way. There's no I mean, way. I, I, I've never liked Tim Burton movies to begin with. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not a style I like. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of went... That's another thing, too. Like, I want to say I watched... I'm trying to think of, like, some of the more popular Burton movies, but I, I remember watching one before Batman Forever or Batman Forever, um, Batman Returns rather, mm-hmm. and then I sort of went into it knowing, well, I really don't, I'm not sure, I, I didn't like his movie before. What are the odds I like another movie of his? And I didn't mm-hmm. like the, you know, I turned out I didn't like Batman Returns at all. So yeah, that's another thing too. Like I don't try going into movies with like this preconceived bias of right. you know, I I dislike what a director has done so naturally their next project is going to be worse or mm. on the same, same level with each other. Mm. But yeah, I never got behind Keaton's version. And it frustrates me that he's going to be the main Batman of the DCEU for the next you know, five plus years or so. But that's, that's a conversation for another day. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to spare the time to, to rant about that, but it is what it is. You know, I'm perfectly fine with them. I'm perfectly fine with them putting him in if Batman Beyond was a thing, right? I'd be perfectly fine with that. him introducing him like that. But yeah, DC, I, I don't have any trust in DC. And, and they're actually, they're trying to, they, they, they said, I think last week, that they're trying to find their, their Kevin Feige of uh, Warner Brothers, right? And they, they want to be able to build out the DCEU in a way that, that, um, models uh marvel and that's perfectly fine that you want to do that but you're 12 years too late in my opinion there's no way in hell that's ever going to happen now mcu is already built out and and this you know is growing and i don't think there's any way to catch up they've had at least three times to actually build it out properly and and every single time have messed it up so i don't even care anymore about dceu just make the specific movies like like Joker and and the Batman like just make those movies. I think they have are. time. To be honest, I think they just they just have to have find the right actors and then stick with them. Like I feel like that's what Marvel does well. Like they find the right actors that don't make these movies read extremely cheesy, and because they can like this fake action. And them flying all over the place can read very cheesy. And they sort of stick with that, and then they keep building it out. Spider-Man's a great example, right? Like, there are various Spider-Mans, but each fit in their own bubble. And then Marvel sort of carried those Spider-Mans into, like, the universe that they were building. So even Mm -hmm. the last Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, which... I loved. I thought it was really good. I love that they brought everybody back. It was a nice, yeah. like, nod to the past and to the greats who, you know, did a great job 
they were different and we're all together now like it they they just they do a good job of consistency so when people come mm-hmm. in you know who you're getting mm-hmm. you know what cast you're getting you know that you like them from before and you know that you want to keep buying into this so when they went to do the avengers it was like oh i know the whole cast because i like them i liked all their movies separately mm-hmm. and now i like them all together <laughs> yeah no that's, so that's, true. Know. that's true you yeah, see all I'll, over the place i have like 50 yeah. million batmans 50 million catwomans like i don't know what's what's up with greenland like yeah. you just it's just too yeah. much <laughs> no that and i'm glad you i'm actually really glad you mentioned that because sort of like Warner Brothers approach now um I'm not sure like any anyone like anyone like any representative officially said this but it was basically implied well they're concerned that we're having too many Superman or they're concerned we're having too many Batman etc so yeah do you think that like oversaturation is going to be DC's biggest problem moving forward or do you think they can still do like a Robert Pattinson solo Batman movie and still do like a you know it, let's say in the future they do like a Batman Beyond with Mike Keaton, you know, to a point where like audiences understand that these they are like they're in the same like overall universe, but they're not they're not like it, they're not going to interact. If that makes sense, I think audiences already understand that, right? Like we even yeah. that's why we're comparing Batman's. That's why we compare Joker's. That's why we compare Catwoman's. Like all of these people are very each series or I don't know what you want to call it but they're all they all stand alone and I I do think that's DC's downfall because if you say oh well I like Robin Pattinson as like the best Batman and I'm like oh but I like Ben Affleck as the best Batman like and we're we're too split like you Mm -hmm. can't pick one and then make it into like this universe and add that particular Batman because there isn't one and same thing with Superman like if you were someone who was a hard set Smallville fan and then you've got someone else playing Superman like you're like but I like Smallville guy (laughs) I don't like movie you know this guy so we're we're too split and what they can do is if the majority said this was this newest Batman was like the best they could take that and run with it He's still young. Zoe Kravitz is still young. You started from basically the beginning, like where Batman's trying to figure out all these things. So you can take that and build that for his. And then you can, at the same time, build for the other DC characters. Like you need to just find younger people, like how we like James Bond, right? We The same guy plays... He played most of the movies until he was done. Great. Now we expect oh, yeah, a new yeah. James Bond. Like mm-hmm. this guy, I wanted to see him in every single James Bond movie. Now yeah, I want a and, new one because he's old. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, obviously, I'll make sure to cut uh, Derek in on this too. But like everything you said is logical, but Warner Brothers just doesn't understand that for some reason. They, they, they just they, they don't understand like what you said. I if you were to money. like. Yeah, it's exactly. If you, money. Yeah, yeah, if you were to go, yeah, if you're. Oh, I'm sorry, Fiona, you go ahead. I didn't mean no, to go ahead. Interrupt. Sorry, I no, you. I was gonna say like <laughs> if if you went into a meeting with them right now and laid out everything you said makes total sense, they would say, I mean, I, I don't know about that. 
there's nothing to think about. Like you mm. can do multiple iterations of characters. I think audiences are are intelligent enough to know, you know, like this is different than this version. We're not expecting this whole like crossover event to happen, but you know, it's just mismanagement at its finest, and shows how there wasn't like a clear pen, uh, excuse me, a clear plan after Zack Snyder's departure. You know, yeah. so it's yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think um, the biggest issue that they've had is that they don't understand that not only do you need to have the, the right actors in, in specific roles, you need to have the right, uh, the, the, the best writers. They don't have anybody in there that, that knows how to actually develop these stories um, in their live actions. Now, the, 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 the animated films, those are those are the best like the animated films are top notch why would you not bring those writers in to do the live actions i have no clue but that's again speaking to to your point there matt that is, is there's logic that it's just not associated with wb for some reason i don't know why they don't know to just do something that simple it's very very simple very simple and this would be a, this would actually be a good I think it's money too, but I think I think part of it is that they just don't have the right people in place making decisions because this is actually this this version of Batman is is a great place to start if you wanted to build the the universe out. I agree with that. Um, I don't like the Joker that that they've teased. Uh, they released. You know, did you guys see the 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 clip um, where they showed how he actually looked in his interaction with Batman? Yeah, way better scene. I, I will say. I, I did. But you can. I mean, him. You can. You can interchange. I mean, yeah. and you can focus yeah. on Batman. You could bring in Robin. Like you can. You know, the, you can make Robin the villains the right like too. sidebar, kind of like in Spider Man, where they're yeah. just like not really forefront. You don't really yeah. need them. Like if they did their role really well, you're like, all right. Doctor yeah. Octopus, you got it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they fell flat, like the Sandman yeah. dude. Like you're, like, <laughs> like and, I didn't need Jamie Fox, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, this this version actually saved his version of of uh, Electro. I, yeah, I'll I'll never forget. The only thing I'll say about so. I'll be out on the record and say Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man, and I think he's the best, right? Mm-hmm. I can admit his the second movie is not very good. I think what really sold it as like terrible to me was when that the electricity like fixes um the gap between his teeth. <laughs> I, I I was done by the very moment. Is that, is that I'll say. I I knew what kind of movie I was in for. They did that man dirty, but it's cool. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. maybe he just had some background stuff going on because they really did his his version pretty dirty. Yeah. Hey, redemption, no way home. <laughs> yeah. Everyone got redemption, you know? So. Yeah. They did. I mean, yeah. I got to say, like, Tobey Maguire didn't play, like, Spider-Man to the comic books, like, that character well, but the way he embodied his version for me made him my favorite spider-man tom holland would have to be my favorite if you're playing it to the character well um because he he's young he like he carries like this young energy well almost Mm -hmm. 
but then can be serious. So even while I was watching the newest one, and you know he's gonna, you know he's already making a mistake from before, and you're like, don't do it, don't trust him. Like he's just a high school kid, but that's why it reads so like authentic because Mm -hmm. he is trying to be this adult and more mature. But then at mm-hmm. the same time, he is just, he is just a high school kid. So he is immature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he would yeah. be my, my favorite, but Tony McGuire hands down was my, his yeah. was my favorite series. He, he was yours uh, too, Derek, right? Or did you say Tom Holland was? Tom Holland was mine. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I know I, for I, a fact. <laughs> I had so many issues with Tony McGuire's version. Like, how are you in high school with a five o'clock shadow? Like, I know, but that's I, what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I, made it so good because it was like, oh, this is more authentic. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, his Toby Toby's was I I love Toby's uh, uh first two films. Okay, like like of course, as a kid, that was like when I when I watched it, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. That that that's I loved it, right? But then the third one was just like. Absolute garbage. I don't even know why they made that. Um, I mean, you got to make a three. The third, the third one is always trash. Of well, usually. it had nothing to do with Sam Raimi's version, a, a vision for the the film. The studio came in and just obliterated anything he was actually going to do. Yeah. So, I think he just like, wanted um, what's it called? Oh, I'm sorry, there you go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think he only wanted Sam Man in the New Goblin in the yeah. movie. And then they yeah, said, yeah. "Oh, I think Avery Eric came in. He was like, the kids love Venom. Put in yeah. Venom. Yeah, come on, yeah. come on. I, come on. You know you want to do it. Put in Venom. Come on. You know you want to do it." And then, I mean, like, I did like it. I just thought I pictured the third one as just like Toby Maguire was done, and they had to hurry up. Like it was like that's how I took the third one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He didn't yeah. want to be called Spider Man anymore. He wanted y'all to stop talking to him. <laughs> Stop trying to take pictures. Stop asking him to shoot little webs. He was done. And yeah. I feel like they were just trying to like wrap that up. Like, let's get one more out of him. He said one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the studio we... really just messed it up. Yeah. They they messed that they messed it up big time. And and I didn't like his because of the, the how old he looked. But Oh, then, he looked old the whole time. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. MJ was looked pretty old boy. too. She yeah. and she 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 aged drastically by the third one, and yeah. it made no sense, you know. So I was like, eh, I I don't I don't mind, you know. Of course, actors are usually older than the characters they play anyway, but these guys are already close to their thirties. Like it just it just it didn't make any sense. So Andrew Garfield's version was 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 I thought it was good, but I didn't like his Peter Parker. His Peter Parker was. Pretty it much flat. Parker. Yeah. I, I I I didn't like that. I didn't like it. So they just did yeah. the man dirty, Matt. Like they did. They did him uh, dirty because he uh, had the potential. He did. No, uh, this was his Spider Man was phenomenal he, though. He I'll be honest, I like his Peter Parker. I'm so, I'm gonna be upfront <laughs> about it. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not it's not comic accurate at all. Yeah. At all. But yeah. I think given so I I wasn't born with the Raimi trilogy. So I mean I was born two thousand two, so I mean, I obviously I wasn't. Wow. Well, I was. I, I probably would have been. I know. I almost choked. Yeah, I was exactly. 12. Like, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. So I was. I was born two thousand two. 
I would have been two when uh, Spider Man Two came out, and I think it would have been. It came out two thousand seven. So it would have been seven when Spider Man Three came out. I I did not watch those movies growing up, so my yeah. Spider Man was Andrew sense. Garfield. Like I went to the theater watching yeah. him, so I had yeah. so I had like a natural affinity towards him. I loved the movie, and then I revisited the Tobey Maguire trilogy and still had that you know you know the equal love for it. Um, even yeah. the third movie at the time, but that was at a time where I was just sort of digesting everything and not really mm. like thinking about you know what what's really good or bad. I just you know I want to keep myself busy for the next two hours, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that makes. Sense. I think yeah. So for for Peter, I think it really fell into like the like almost like the quirky, edgy teenager, mm-hmm. which fit the vibe of like the early two early two thousand tens and everything. So I I understand if like a few of the scenes are. A bit awkward and cringeworthy, especially the exchanges between him and uh, him and Gwen. Like, kind of make me like, yeah, like fizzle up a bit, you know. So I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, can you just like talk to her normally? Like, ask her yeah. out on the date, you know? Don't yeah. get so nervous. But it felt natural, you know. I take I take that over uh, Mary Jane and Peter from, yeah, uh, what's it called, the original trilogy. If I'm being yeah. totally honest, because like Garfield that. just makes, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you like the relation? Did you like uh? Oh, I thought they were all different. Yeah, like I thought they were all different, and I love that Andrew Garfield had Gwen. Like I thought that was oh, yeah. they just did him. They did him so dirty. <laughs> because he oh, yeah. had so much potential. It was just like I don't know who it was, but they did him so dirty. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> You're 100. Actually, I'll let you know Derek comment on this. Uh, you know, like what for, or really for you two, like question directed towards you two is like what, what was it more frustrating, like frustrating, right? That mm. they said we're not giving you a third movie, or was it more frustrating that um I'm trying to find a way like the word this, or was it more frustrating that he already had bad writing, and you're glad he didn't get a third one. Or mm-hmm. you're frustrated he didn't get a third one, but you're still, you know, you're just going to accept that it was just going to be bad writing regardless of, you know, how it turned out. I felt like the timing of it was weird because it seemed like we had just gotten Andrew Garfield. Um, so by the time they, they said, oh, no, we're, you know, they're moving on from his version. It was like, you know, that doesn't even, why? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Um just content, just make the third film and let it be. But I was perfectly fine with them moving on uh, uh, if they were bringing him to the MCU because it made sense at that point. Okay, if we're gonna if, if we're gonna get him in the MCU, I do want to see a fresh uh, Spider Man. So by the time they said that they were gonna do that, um, there was I forgot who it was that I was even thinking would be a a, a good fit for the role, but. When Tom Holland came into the picture, I I specifically remember being in the theater, watching his version jump into the picture, and you know catch the the Captain America's uh, shield and 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 you know start talking. I'm like, yo, that's the that's the comic book version right there because he's talking the entire time as he's fighting. He's he's being quirky and all this. I'm like, this is it. That's Spider Man. That's Spider Man. These other versions, they're, they're Spider-Man, but they're, they're, you know, I did, there's different things I didn't like about them. 
this was Spider-Man for me. This is this is the comic book version that I remember, and 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 this is what I wanted. So for them to bring that in, I had no problems with them not doing it. Now I think at this point I do kind of want to see if they are going to wrap it up with Andrew Garfield's version. I know there's talk about about him doing a third one. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I don't need it. Let me, let me put it like that. I wouldn't mind seeing they do it, but I, I, there's no need for it for me. I'm good. I do not want to see Paul Giamatti's Rhino at all. That was trash. I think, he, honestly, I love this character in a movie. I he think he was. Rhino? He would have been the great. I think he would have been the greatest Spider-Man villain. Really? No, I'm, I'm joking. Around. Oh no, my god! No, I was no, about no, to no. say, man, was like, <laughs> Green Goblin, like. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm good All right. All right. on his third, to be honest. I don't need it. If they put it out there, I'll watch it. But, like, I don't yeah. – I mean, his his just fell flat for whatever reason. And then it was enough time. Like, by the time Tom Holland came onto the scene and embodied it exactly, they had the, um, the animated, and that was good in between. Mm. Oh, yeah. So it was oh, like, ooh, what will they do next? They've got this – you know, yeah. person of color playing it, and like we're getting a part of like this. The animation was so good. So by the time yeah. Tom Holland came, it was like, wow, you surprised me again. Like this is so mm. fun. I want to keep going. So I don't know. We don't yeah. really need a third and from Andrew. To be honest, we don't. We don't. And, and <laughs> but I if think, they gave think... it to us, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they're gonna actually move toward the Miles Morales version anyway. That's that's what I'm expecting them to do within the next five years. I think we'll see yeah. Miles Morales come into the picture at some point where Tom Holland's version is training him and then they'll phase him out. That's that's what I'm expecting in the next five years for them to yeah, start my... Yeah, I was yeah, I was saying like my my thing is this. I think you two might find my answer surprising. I don't want a third Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man movie, at all. I only say that because I can't have this man Garfield be subjected to bad writing, bro. I know. I I don't. I can't, man. Like this guy, he he does everything right. He literally makes the worst dialogue sound like Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. It's not normal. <laughs> He's too talented of an actor for that. I'm not like, it, for me, like, for his mental sanity, sense. I don't want him in another Sony production, bro. It's bad. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want him in a universe where, because I'm assuming that if they bring back Andrew Garfield, he's going to be put with the Morbius and yes. uh, Venom universe. I yes. don't want him in a universe where one of the lines of dialogue, cause I didn't watch Morbius, but I saw the end credit scene. One of, the, one of Vulture's literal line was, I don't know how I got here. It's got to do with Spider-Man, I think. And that's his motivation for going out there, forming the Sinister Six. And then Morbius says, intriguing, and it ends the scene. That was the end credit scene. It was Morbius saying, yeah, I'm going to fight this guy I never even met before. That's it. I, I don't want that for him. So, Garfield, wow. I love you. If you want to come back wow. for like a short film, I'll direct it for you. You know? That's it. Like, I can't, I can't, man. So that, that That's my perspective. I just... I, I understand. Sense. I understand what you two mean. Uh, I trust me. I I I, I watch Maze Spider Man too, yeah. so I I know what you mean. It's oh my god. I, I didn't watch Morbius. I don't even. I know at some point it's going to end up on stars, and 
at if it when it does, I'll watch it. But I am I I really don't care about Morbius. I really don't, especially knowing that this is not anything to do with the MCU in any way, shape, or form. I don't I don't really even care. Yeah, the the only thing I'm gonna say, sorry, I don't mean to be talking about no about this no much, but um, like they basically retconned the No Way Home ending. So you know how like in No Way Home. Or, or whatever for those who haven't watched it so basically like the spell happens anyone who knows peter's identity gets transported back to their world basically right michael keaton's version mcu version knew peter's identity right so even though he knew his identity he, he should still remain in the mcu or like there's no reason he should be transported elsewhere he'll forget his identity right um they don't do that they transport him to the morbius universe right get the hell out he so yeah, Michael he got Keaton's version was Michael, in there, in oh. Morbius. Yeah, he got transported from the MCU to the Morbius world, which doesn't make any sense because it doesn't line up with what the spell was doing. And that he literally says in the pre- I, I I swear I, I could be messing around. He literally says, "I don't know how I got here. It's got to do with Spider Man, I think. It was either in the prison or no, it, it doesn't. But that was like one of his lines of dialogue. It was so self aware how bad it was that they literally don't have an explanation. It was just like, oh." Yeah, I'm I'm a prisoner, I guess. Gotta gotta kill Spider Man now. That was it. That was it. That was literally hit, and then Morbius literally agrees to face like to kill someone that he never met before. It's just a, an excuse for them to set like a multiverse and Sinister Six thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's all I'm gonna say. I, that's garbage. So I'm just sorry for for you two. I'm I I know I'm not sure if you two watched the movie, but if you mm. haven't, I'm sorry for even saying that to you. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, they did. Like, I'm sorry. Dirty. He, I mean, he he had a good. They gave him a lot of good good things. Like again, I really like the Gwen concept. Like that was phenomenal, to be honest. But I could. Yeah. My man Andrew deserves better. <laughs> Which is like, why I'm glad he was in making, MCU. <laughs> he can make cameos, but like. I mean, because even the way he carried the cameo, like Toby Maguire fell flat in the cameo, which I understood because he did not want to be. <laughs> he didn't want to be. He's like done with being Spider Man, so it's like you know I'm coming back just to you know. And you could tell I he was, gave that I was, energy. I was actually I was actually surprised with how well he looked. Like, oh, he, he looks looked great. Phenomenal. But great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he looked. He looked like I would expect his Peter Parker to look, right? Yeah. Aged and, you know, chilling. I expect that. The problem is that's how his Peter Parker looked in the trilogy. So, I, I you know, it, it's, it's just, it didn't, that's what my issue was. I, didn't, I, I didn't still want, liked it. I kept I it separate. <laughs> it's just the same way how I feel about the Joker. Like, I feel like Heath Ledger's Joker and Jack Nicholson, very mm. different. Like, I don't think mm. they're comparable. So it's like, I just think they are different. Spider-Man, was he closer to the comic Spider-Man? Absolutely not. But whatever Spider-Man he was, he, he definitely did such a good job to the point where people only note him as Spider-Man. And I think that says a lot. Um, but Andrew Garfield did great in his cameo. <laughs> he was high energy. Then he 
he was basically making me tear up. He's like, Gwen died. I'm like, oh my God, Gwen did yeah. die. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll. Yeah. Yeah, that did get me too. I was like, oh, yeah. no. I'll be yeah. When he, I'll be honest though. Like, I'm not like a crier when it comes to movies or anything, and it takes a lot for me to even laugh. But I almost started tearing up when I saw Garfield again, because he's just like he's my Spider Man, and then mm-hmm. after everything he went through with the studio, it just felt so relieving that you know he made amends with them and said you know I'll you know return for what you know what at the time felt like a final you know final time we ever played the character and every and basically those spider-man's you know stories we left up to interpretation which given Sony's track record I'm fine with that I'm fine with never mm-hmm. seeing Toby and Garfield again mm-hmm. if that means that they won't have to read terrible scripts <laughs> you know even though they it's just I can't for the both of them like for the whole sanity just keep moving on with your wonderful careers and just you know, you did great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can say for them. It's just, you know. Jesus. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't even have anything else to say. I, yeah. Th- that, that just, that disgusted me what you just said. The Morbius thing? Yeah. yeah. I wish I was lying, bro. I'm so done, man. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I said, you know who, like, which villains belonged in which. Like, yeah, like, Sony. Sony needs to go to hell. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm so done with them. I really I, don't even care anymore. I, like, I've said before, bro, that I, I refuse to watch another Sony production again. Like, so, well, backtrack. Sony Marvel production. Marvel. Yeah. Because Venom. Venom. Like, I didn't even watch the second one. But what irritated me so much about Venom, uh, aside from a lot of the, of the sequences and whatnot. I was watching this. This is supposed to be based in like New York, I think. I think San Francisco. The San Francisco. Movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. San Francisco. And I'm watching them drive on Georgia State's campus. Like, I'm literally like, this is this I. This is where I went to school, <laughs> and that annoyed the hell out of me. It's just I didn't want to see the second one. I didn't want to see a sequel. I was fine with Tom Hardy's performance. I want to see that in MCU. I don't want to see Sony's version of anything anymore. Like I don't even care. They 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 can if they want to make any more uh, Marvel films, do that over there. Like I'll watch them if they if they hit stars. That's that's about it. Cause I already paid for stars. I don't have to pay for the movie. So I'm not giving you any money to go see your stuff anymore. Like I'm so good on that. So good. I, this is it's not even necessary anymore. I'm good. Yeah, Sony belongs in hell for what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, I'll say one last thing on this. <laughs> um, villain wise, like I think it takes a lot for villains to carry their own storyline because they don't really have mm. one, um, mm. especially in the comics in general. Mm. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. I think it takes quite an actor. And the only villain that I would probably in the Marvel world want to see, specifically Spider-Man in their own movie, is the Hobgoblin. But he's now old. Like, they should have done that back when um, they were doing... Because he cared... That guy carried... He, he, for me carried his role he even came back in this last spider-man 
this man is old. He was crushing it still. Like I felt for him. I was like, maybe he's changed. Maybe he's no longer crazy. And then he tricked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he I just, mean he carried it so well that it was just like I could I could see a little quick film him. So you want you a know. Green Goblin origin story or just like where things left off or I would take an origin story. I would even take where things left off because like he had you know, he had like a moment with I mean, it seemed like a generational thing almost. Mm. Like it like mm. I would take I would take either or or I would have. I don't know who they would have play that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind seeing him because he he's he's just he's, he's just phenomenal. Like, he kills it every single time. I, every I love time. It. I would not mind seeing his story that like when he uh when when Doctor Strange put everybody back into their place. I wouldn't mind seeing where he where he goes from that point. Um, his was the but, most interesting in the newest one. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, he's homeless. Yeah, he tricked Save me too. Him. He, tricked, like... he tricked me too. I, I I ain't gonna lie. I just hate that they didn't show him with his mask. For the majority of the film, like his helmet, rather his helmet, just, he just leaves it in the dumpster. Like I don't, that was stupid. Yeah, but like, it this, might this, have been there's an little actor. things MCU that has done that has been real stupid. It's, but that's been like every once in a while, they 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 have their moments every few years where it's just like. I feel on, like bro. that could have been one or two things. That could have either been <clears throat> maybe he just wasn't able to do it because the majority of like the movies that he was in, he did wear his mask. I feel like that takes a lot. And then when you're out of out of shape, it's a little bit harder to get back in. Or they just wanted to make sure that they were um, sort of tugging at your heartstrings. So even at the end, when all the Spider-Mans are unmasked, like <laughs> they had yeah. Tobey Maguire yeah. doing these stunts. <laughs> Like, they did. He they did. It. <laughs> so it could have just been like, okay, the point of this is to sort of bring it all around for all of these viewers who grew up with different versions of Spider-Man and just saying like, all right, we need everybody's faces to be seen so that it can resonate with you. Yeah. So that was probably why I didn't really probably. mind that because I mean, he still he still bodied it. So it was like killed it speaking speaking <laughs> of body though <laughs> peter certainly felt that in that apartment complex that's all i'm gonna say goblin <laughs> goblin went full wrestlemania on him and i was just like oh my god literally 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 yeah oh, if man. they were to he was so like good. a a side movie, like I'd want to see his for sure, but I wouldn't mind that. I need, I need that actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, nah, he, he's he's phenomenal, and 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 it would be interesting to see. I, I just, I mean, they don't need to do it. But they don't I'm need to, saying... but it would be, it would be, it would be, a, it would be a money grab for sure. Yeah, a money grab for sure. Yeah. And a one and done. I don't need a trilogy with a villain. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm, Marvel, for the most part, has a good uh, uh, pace with their stuff anyway. So I, I think if they were to do it, it would be a one-off because there's no way in hell 
we don't need three goblin movies but <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we really don't um but yeah I, I think i think that'd be that'd be good but um let's go ahead and uh take a quick break and uh, when we come back you guys will hear us discussing our uh feature presentation uh 2022 uh apple tv's uh, uh series uh, severance uh, so we'll be right back hi hello ladies gentlemen and everyone in between my name is jessica lemon and i am the host of sour sweet and spooky a paranormal podcast with a little true crime squeezed in. Because where there's paranormal activity, there's gotta be some kind of true crime involved, right? I talk about ghosts, aliens, murder, cryptids, urban legends, conspiracy theories, and more. Stories from all over the world for you to enjoy every week. So check me out on social media, at SourSweetSpooky, and pretty much every platform that podcasts are found. And be ready for a brand new story. Oh. And remember, stay sour, stay sweet, stay spooky. What's going on, you beautiful people? I am back. This is Matthew, there, and we have our guest, Christina. We're going to be talking about... We're allowed to curse on this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, to curse? yeah. This yeah. is a fucking awesome series we're about to talk about. <laughs> it's called Severance, okay? I'm going to be right out of the gate. If you have not seen Severance, if you have thought about seeing Severance, now is your time. All the episodes are available on Apple TV. We're going to explain to you why each of us love this series as a whole. But to give you a brief, a brief rundown of what it's about, basically it revolves around workers who works, uh, basically workers uh, who work for Lumen Industries and the undergo procedure called severance in which their worker memories and their non-work memories are separated from each other. In other words, they become two distinct people, but they have no recollection of what basically uh the non-worker version does versus the worker version um and obviously tackles a bunch of themes of like free will corporate conspiracy things of that nature so before we get into all the nitty-gritty details of the actual show uh i guess i wanted to ask you both what are your initial thoughts did you were you even aware of the series when it first came out on apple tv did you get a chance to watch it episode by episode um stuff like that take it away Kristen. um I just kind of stumbled upon it. I had honestly finished all the things on Netflix I wanted to watch and Hulu, Peacock. Like, I was just kind of going through the list and I'm like, oh, you know, I've never watched anything on Apple TV and started it. Um, I would say that I thought it was really good. I think it is one you have to sit through first. Um, first episode, you have to get a little more than halfway through before you're intrigued. And then it doesn't actually pick up until like episode five or six. So <clears throat> you have to really watch this one. But if you do, it's honestly really good. Like 10, 10. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, I had, so I, I've, I've watched a couple of things on Apple TV. Um, most recently, uh, there's another series with Jason Momoa called C. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched that, absolutely brilliant it, it i think it's two seasons on there two or three seasons and it it's absolutely brilliant um i 
while watching that, I would see the, um, I would see Severance on there, but I'm like, don't really care about getting into that right now. Want to finish this, and finished it, loved it. Completely forgot about this series because I, I really wasn't even. I went on to watch. I think that's when I went on to watch Bel Air or something like that. So I, I really wasn't even looking at Apple TV in any way, shape, or form. Um, but my God, this this is absolutely phenomenal. I'm 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 glad that uh, this came out uh, on there. But I I started actually started watching the first episode. Um, I want to say almost like a month ago. I was at my parents' house and started. I started it and I got like twenty minutes in, but there was so much noise going on at, at the house that I wasn't. I, I was. I'm not. I can't get into it. And so I just turned it off. Man, I watch it later, and then I forgot about it. And then Matt, you you were discussing something about it last week, and I was like, oh, I did. I did start that. Cool. Let's let, let, go ahead and check it out. Christina actually hit me up randomly to to say, hey, like. You should check this out. And I was like, "Hold on, is that the same show?" <laughs> I was like, okay, let me check this out. It, it's absolutely brilliant. I, I I love it. Um, I didn't realize until this week though that Ben Ben Stiller was attached to the project. Yeah, um, he did a great job. Thinking, I think. Yeah, I think is this his directorial debut? Uh no 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 he's uh he's directed a number of projects. Uh, okay, the most. Okay popular of his filmography uh, to my knowledge at least is the secret life of walter mini oh yeah uh, he did do that I, yeah what which i referenced a few times uh yeah i think i referenced lat in last week's episode or we just had like a separate conversation mm-hmm. about it um yeah and so oddly directed, enough it, he directed that too yes yes he directed okay. that film okay. and then uh i think i want to say he directed f- five episodes of the series and i think mm. the rest were just uh i don't remember recall the other names of uh the other directors but yeah okay that. he did he did a remarkable job yeah, um, everyone sure. did as a whole yeah. so yeah 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 but let's go ahead and get into it like um what were uh what were your initial thoughts with the, with the first episode though because i know it is a slow build um so, so for me I, I was a big so when I read the synopsis first, okay, and okay. <laughs> I thought it, it sounded like a fascinating concept. So mm. I knew going into it, chances are, like, episodes will have like extensive run times because mm. he obviously had to establish every single one of the characters, mm. make sure like audiences are behind like what they're what you know the creators are actually going for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was fine with how every episode took their sign. I mean, I think on for me, anyways, the least eventful episode was probably episode three, and only and the only reason to that is because a lot of it was Helly basically. So for 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 context, one of the characters' name is name is, is Helly, and mm-hmm. she basically like wants out of. Lumen says, "I want to follow. Or, you know, I want to. Uh, uh, I want to resign from my position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot keep me in here. You know, without my permission, stuff like that. It was a lot of her uh, rebelling against like the authority, like the authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of I'm going to do this. No, you can't do this. Go back to your desk. I'm going to do this. 
no, you can't do this. Go back to your desk, stuff like that. Um, and obviously, you sort of had like the plot related to PD. So I can't. That's the one thing I can't remember what happened in episode three, other than I want to say PD's death. Um, it went again, to another um, character <clears throat> perpetuity as well to sort of get you a little background on that's Lumen's weird. history. Yeah, I thought episode yeah. three was really good um, <clears throat> because by episode three, you kind of you kind of start really diving into I don't know if this is like it's maybe like a sub concept where mm. even though you're severed you almost still have like a baseline of personality so mm. you see like in episode one where Mark is almost robotic but then like throughout he has these deep emotional kind connections to the point where even um, Patricia Arquette's character is basically like, why do you care? (laughs) She's like, what is your problem? Like, these are just your coworkers and you really shouldn't care that much. So I thought it was interesting to see that there are people who might make this decision as an Audi, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. the people who are a part of the personal lives are called outies and then the people who are in the work lives are called innies so like even though you make this decision you might not actually like it because it is you so it was interesting to see a character that wasn't um sort of taking it in stride like mark Mm -hmm. s or any of the other characters that were working there who were severed she's basically saying like i need to be free to the point where like she's even willing to kill herself which kills like all versions of her and i thought that was imperative to the story because this is why even in the i think it is episode three where mark ends up going to the break room at some point um for heli because like he's trying to be a good boss or whatever. And when you see him in his personal life, he ends up interacting with people who are protesting being severed. And so part of the reason you understand, like part of the reason people are protesting that is because you might have someone like Kelly who Mm -hmm. is there. She is a human. She is a person. And she doesn't want to be there, but she's being basically like almost held captive in a sense, which you don't really understand until her character comes. Because with Petey, Petey's like, you can assume Petey's been severed for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, he's ready to sort of be done. And he's been learning all these different things and he's trying to reintegrate. But everybody else seems like they're fine with it like Mm -hmm. they just come to work and then they go home and they're okay with that way of living but there are people like kelly who made a decision and they just don't want it so i think that was a good episode because of that no yeah definitely i think what what i appreciate i love how there were subtle like hints throughout the series uh regarding uh the ending so like for example 
in episode two, we see uh, one of the characters, Irving, played by John Turturro, who I was very surprised was in the series. Like, drew me off for a yeah. second. I was yeah. like, is that John Turturro? Yeah. Um, and at one point, he's sitting at his desk, and all you see is this, like, bl- like black slime or, you know, black paint. Yeah. Uh, like, starting to cover his entire desk. And then Mark talks to him real quickly. And says like, wait, what, you know, Irving, what's going on? Proceeds to scream, heads to the wellness center, and that's when he meets Bert. Uh, you know, the work he ends up developing a, you know, a romantic interest for. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was a bit confused as I originally thought maybe like the traits of uh of the Audi mm-hmm. merges with the traits of the Any. So whatever experiences the Audi uh the Audi has, the Any has and he has that within their subconscious, but it's like a malfunction of the chip, uh, you know, it was like a malfunction of the chip is taking place. And uh, that isn't necessarily the case because as we see in the ending where, like we see Irving is painting the same, keeps doing the same painting over and over again. Uh, there's even like a, like a small uh, shot of him having like a military medal. So perhaps mm-hmm. he's uh, like a PTSD ridden person. Uh, so I found that very bizarre in a way. It was also the same uh, elevator that Miss Casey was uh, was taken to, yeah, yeah, and obviously yeah. Miss Casey has her own like bombshell reveal at a later point in the series. Yeah. So, n- yeah. Needless to say, there's a lot to sort of digest, but the biggest compliment I have is I think every character was unique in their own way. Mm-hmm. Not one that I dislike. I mean, the only character that I think I disliked was his Morspo based on like uh like his dialogue or just like dylan he came off as annoying um no not dylan actually i actually really liked it because he, he that's jack terry he uh cameoed in like homecoming in uh, shang chi mm. they uh, did build his character really well because i was yeah. uninterested in him oh yeah definitely he was definitely like the, the, com- the oh yeah yeah he was definitely like the comedic relief of the group um, and I yeah. thought that's what that's his only purpose. And then you discover, and then later on, they sort of built um, his backstory uh, through his Audi self, where um, you know uh, there's like this whole I, I forget what the overtime hours, the over exactly where yes, yes. you know you could sort of deactivate the chip momentarily and have the any uh, you know basically be on the outside. It was awesome to see him like. Well, awesome in a way of like how like Zach Terry delivered because he gave a really good performance in that scene where he was just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, where am I?" He's like, "Is this my house?" It's like, "Wait, yeah. it was like what is? It? Wait, is this my son?" Yeah. Um, and all that. So sorry, I know I'm jumping around all over the place with no. the characters. No, I, I apologize, get you. but it was it's, a good um, series. Yeah, it's a lot to sort of take in, but uh, for for you, Derek, what character stood out to you, um, compared to the rest? I know I kind of like covered a bunch of them, but were there any that you thought, yeah, like that's. I really like you. <laughs> I I think I liked pretty much everybody in the office for different reasons, but I was more I was really intrigued by Bert. Um, I think because I didn't expect Christopher Walken to walk out that room. I, 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 I didn't expect that when I saw him. I was like, oh, hold up, because it kind of took me back to um. What was that movie? Click. I was thinking about Click when when I saw him. I was like, "What? Like, this is interesting." And I didn't expect to see him, but 
I actually, I, I, I love the dynamic between him and Irving a lot. I thought that, um, cause it's like that offense romance type of thing. Um, but they're not even, they're, they're technically not even supposed to be like talking to each other in general, but you see that they find ways to go to each other's departments and, and spend time with each other. Um, which is very intriguing, but I think that, um, the, the thing about, about, about his character was that he was hanging up these paintings in the, in different vestibules of the, of the, of the building, but people usually don't even like walk that, you know, to certain distances to be able to like enjoy the paintings. It's just... It's like you're supposed to be there working. You get these little rewards, like waffle uh, uh, parties and and melon parties. Like you get these different awards for hitting different milestones or whatever. And I think it was I was intrigued as to why they were even putting up paintings because it it almost didn't even make sense to to put paintings up at all. All you had were white hallways. As a, like what white hallways trash can, white hallway water fountain. There's this n- white hallway uh, uh, elevator couch. Like that's literally that all that was there. So it was it was intriguing that he was going around putting all these paintings up uh, around the place that people really could not enjoy that much because it seemed like the only person that was really even enjoying it was Irving. Aside from Irving, Bert was was he enjoyed it because he was putting them up, right? Like there was that's pretty much it. There's nothing else uh, that that showed that anybody else had any type of moment to really just stand and, and look at the art. Um, so I, I found that very intriguing, um, but I love their dynamic, uh, and I, I think. Um, the other the other character really was the main character mark i thought i thought that he was very um he was very interesting because his reason for wanting to be severed was because of loss right like everybody had their reason to want to actually do this because the whole controversy is um is this is this a, a um a good thing to be able to do right like you have this company that that wants you to work for them, but they don't want you to remember anything that you're doing. So you have no clue when you come out, like what it is you actually do. When you're even in there, you don't even know what your purpose is. You're just doing these almost like mindless tasks to fulfill a purpose of a greater good, so to speak. Um, So I found that dynamic of it interesting, but I think that uh his was unique in 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 terms of that he was he was mourning the loss of his wife and in order to forget her for just a moment of time to like to not feel this pain instead of it's almost like when 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 you lose when when someone uh, uh goes through uh that period of of loss and they they you know either become an alcoholic or they 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 find other ways to numb the pain this was his way of doing that right so for eight hours a day he's just he's not himself he's not he's not in this grief 
And that that was probably the most intriguing part of it to me in terms of the why. Like everybody else had their other reasons as to why they did it. I I don't know. I don't know if they actually spoke about Dylan's why. Um but I think uh I think you kind of hinted a little bit at that with Irving though, Matt. Like his his was like PTSD. Yeah, right. definitely. That, that and I had think, to be it. or you even look at uh, Helly's uh, outside. Helly's so, uh, yeah. for context, uh, I forget the uh, I forget the first name, but Egan is basically like the founder of, uh, I believe the, the industry. Here Egan, if, if I'm not mistaken, here Egan, mm-hmm. and. I thought to myself, like, as I was watching, because there is a lot of emphasis on, like, his principles, um, even, mm-hmm. like, Patricia Arquette's character, uh, Harmony, if, Harmony, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, um, like, has a shrine dedicated to him, alluding mm-hmm. to the fact that she's willing to sacrifice everything just to fulfill sort of uh, his dreams, his goals, etc. And I was thinking to myself, I wouldn't be surprised if Helly was an Egan. And that was at the second episode. I was like, really? I have, yeah, I was like, I have a feeling either Helly or someone else is an Egan, because they keep, you know, it was it's one of those shows where even like the slightest cutaway to something, yeah, or yeah. a character having like a, even a single line of dialogue, mm-hmm. has some significance. So I said, let's wait it out. What confirmed it for me was when after uh, basically they work in macro data refinement, and we mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing, and that's something right. we'll uh, obviously we'll discuss a bit more on. Uh, basically, the entire office has to hit. Uh, obviously, has to hit their quotas. They have to raise like a hundred percent of doing this, like basically this coding activity. Mm-hmm. She does that, and Egan says to her. So I'm not sure if it if it's a message that every worker in the office gets after mm-hmm. uh, you know getting on one hundred percent in every uh, category or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, you know, like congratulations, Helly R. I love you. I was thinking to myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love you. Yeah, I was like that's interesting, and then you know uh, later on when we see Helly's outside, like Audi self, he says, "Oh, this is such and such Egan," and I said, "I knew, I knew one of you were an Egan, and I, yeah, yeah, I, I knew yeah. in the beginning one of you were going to be an Egan, but I, mm-hmm. like, I, I knew it, and I thought that was actually a really clever, t- uh, clever twist. Even though I, I, there's nothing that like that proved it." other than that point i think that point like for me solidified it but it could have just been every worker in the office gets that message but were you two under that impression as well that like the the whole like here egan thing would play some kind of significance or was it one of those things where it's just like you know it's sort of put off to the side but the character like a certain character will like be the embodiment of you know what he means yeah i think um i didn't catch that <laughs> I didn't catch that. I was, I was literally because what struck me odd was, I was. It felt. I'm not sure if you guys felt this way, but to me, it felt as if they put uh, Egan into this godlike um, uh, sphere. So I almost, I am, I was, because even in that in that mod uh, module thing that you were talking about, like. He's like, I love you, this and the other, but I gotta go and you know, what is it, like spread happiness. To, I don't know, something like spread the word or some some weird thing, and then flies off. 
it was it was very it was very weird but i took it as if this is their god so to speak so when he said i love you i just i kind of took it as god's love type of thing the quote unquote type of that that's that's what that's how i took it so i never even thought like and again I told you this before, but I when I when I'm watching something, I try to I'm I'm, in, I'm more so in the moment, uh, not even thinking about the, the 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 future aspects or consequences of something like that. So I try to uh, I try to just enjoy it in the moment, and so for me, I wasn't even thinking about the the connection. So it makes sense when you say it like that because I never that I never even thought about that. But the having that father the and daughter dynamic. Yeah, I never. I, I never thought, thought it about was. That. <clears throat> I thought it was like. I didn't think. I thought about it in the same way Derek thought about it, mm. when it came to that message. But I knew she was important based on her personality. Like she had such a strong, like compared to the others, even mm. the people who are guess I guess are supposedly unsevered. Um, like I'm assuming Harmony is unsevered. I'm assuming Milchek is, and maybe the security guard. But like her personality was so vastly different from yeah. all of the severed people. Like it yeah. was like everybody was just kind of like, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but, but we come to work every day and she's like, why? Why are we doing this? Like, if these yes. numbers make you feel uncomfortable, why are we, why? Yeah. Like, if they're supposed mm -hmm. to scare you. And she just kept saying, like, why, why, why? And then she was so adamant, no matter how many times they told her, like, hey, you're never going to be able to get a letter out. Like, she was extremely adamant to the point where she was willing to cut off her own thing. Like, it's just, like, yeah. things like, things like that Swallow were so yeah. unique especially in a newly severed person and we kind of start getting timelines for people um like as the episodes go on like when um mark s meets with the woman who can help you reintegrate she's like oh you're just a baby you've only been severed for two years so you can assume from that that um what was his name pete Pete was uh, PD. PD, yeah, yeah. like he was he must have been severed for years yeah. if if yeah. she's making such a comment like that and mm -hmm. if mark s is only two years in and then you have someone like kelly who just became severed and from day one was problematic which was mm -hmm. interesting because i was like why are they keeping her <laughs> that was my thought like why do they? Why are they keeping her here if she doesn't want to be here? Like when they seem to be having a, a handle on everybody else. So Which that is... stood out to me. <laughs> but yeah, I no, but no, yeah, yeah. I didn't no, like that, put that's... it. I'm sorry, no, but that that's a great a great point because of the fact that I think that um, what what what. What was weird is that they kept saying, "No, you're not. You're not. Your resignation letter is not accepted, right?" And I'm like, "Well, who is who's determining?" Remember that? when she kept running out into the staircase? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Like, oh, and they kept reentering. Really yeah, <laughs> and I love that too. And I'm not sure if any of you noticed this, but throughout the episodes, 
notice how Milchek would only would only take a picture if it was mm-hmm. just Heli or Heli was in a group gear in a group photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. he had to take like updated like a updated like a department picture. Mm-hmm. And the other times too, whenever Milchek pulled out a camera, it was only on Heli. The reason is because since like the her outside self was looking to promote that, was to looking to honest. promote the benefits of severance. So notice how like all the pictures are her smiling, having those like kind interactions to say, hey, listen, if any of you are interested in having a procedure, your any self is well protected and will be able to live, you know, a, a decent have a you know a decent livelihood, so to speak. Even though they're that working eight so hours much a day. Sense. I don't recall. So, they were that, documenting. They to be were honest, documenting. He, yeah. Only because I'm thinking about the episode where like after he does the overtime hours for Dylan and um he's like, Oh, we're gonna have a party because he's trying to clean it up at this point. And he's like, Oh yeah, let's let me it's let me take a picture of you dylan or let's go dance like he was trying i recall him trying to take a picture of dylan too yeah so i don't are you referring to the uh the music dance experience if so i love that scene that was so great yeah that was phenomenal (laughs) and i i what i loved about it was so that scene obviously pulls up with the um oh my god what What's the name of it? Like basically the the, the music machine. I, I can't mm-hmm. think of like the name. Record player. Um. Oh, the record player. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Record. Sorry, I. No, it's alright. Ignorant when it comes to music here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but he 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 immediately snaps a photo of Heli. Mm-hmm. If you notice that, I think that same. I think if you look when, uh, she's in her outside self. I think I I want to say you could find that picture when she's uh walking around mm-hmm. the exhibit. Because there are mm-hmm. definitely photos of her like smiling with the other employees. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so they've been yeah. documenting like her experiences just to promote like the like the quote unquote mm-hmm. like benefits of of um of you know of severance. And another thing too is that I love how like Mil- why I love Miltrek so much is that there was like a, he was there's he was very charismatic, but also mm-hmm. had like these you know obviously all these like secrets buried uh, within them. Um, and so he had to sort of maintain control over macro data refinement after they were, you know, constantly rebelling, going against yeah. and uh, over Patricia Arquette at one point yeah. because he, oh, he yeah. tapped into that... the overtime hours and he's like, Oh, I you know, he basically did it without her permission. Yeah. yeah she and yeah, she's yeah. supposed to be above him. So like mm. it it was interesting. She's that sort of like dynamic. that power. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And what I loved about, and obviously, like, the dancing commences, basically, because he, he was trying to find an excuse. Because I want to say Patricia oh, Arquette's he knew he did was, it wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to say she was fired by the board at one point. She because was, yeah. the, yeah, the pictures on. came out of uh, of Heli trying to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, the, the here, you know, found out about this saying, well, wait a minute. Like, why are you not, you know, like, my daughter almost died. Like, yeah. regardless of how you perceive her, she's still my flesh and blood yeah. and everything. And he says, and you know, honestly, it. yeah, that too. And then, you know, Milchek says, you know, honestly, we're all having a tough day. And mm-hmm. even like when the dancing starts and everything, uh, I love how sort of like intrusive he was. How yeah. he's sort yeah, of like yeah. getting <laughs> all up close and personal just to like, you know what I mean? Uh, his dancing yeah. was so good in that scene too, honestly. And he even like, at, like um, 
Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Even Mark was sort of like doing like this, like sort of moving around, and he <laughs> yeah. he discovers like the uh, like the head of security's key card, so they can mm-hmm. bypass all the doors and everything. And this is see sort of um like Dylan lash out against him, saying, mm-hmm. you know, like it, I loved how like this like the scene turned completely red because it was show like how like yeah, Dylan yeah. was boiling up inside, and then he sort of lashed out against him, he's saying, what you know, what's his name, you know, what's his name, and then and everything like that, so. That was my favorite scene in the entire show. And it was nice to see Dylan um like sort of had like a bit more serious seriousness to him uh, yeah, compared yeah. to sort of spearing out jokes. And not to say his jokes weren't funny, I thought he was hilarious, uh Zach Cherry, yeah. because yeah. you know, it's, I love how he was responding to like the O and D people saying, you know, like, you know, they're over here killing people. Yeah. Like or something like that. Those or, like, he tied, were my like, favorite. And he like yeah. built it to the point where as a viewer I was anxious too. I'm like Mark's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get away. Get away. Like, and it was literally just because, like, man, that actor was. Especially when did. he discovered that painting. Yeah, he's that's, like, that's, look. that's when it got to me. That I was like, oh, snap. Like, yo, like, yeah. Ain't. <laughs> yeah, and that too. And I, is, I thought man. it was crazy to think like, how Milchek. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or yeah. even when Milchek purposely sent the, the photo of OND. Like killing all those people just mm. to sort of uh, like divide Irving and Bert. Uh, yeah. I thought it was it was interesting too. So it's just yeah, there's a lot. It's sort of like so much to digest, but you know, I just I, I really I really really love the show. So I yeah, say. I think so. The main theme. Uh, one of you guys uh, touched upon it earlier, but the um the main theme of it is is the free will aspect, right? Like, did is that something that you thought that when when the 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 any if if the any wanted to actually quit does that not speak to the free will of the person even even though they're like the Audi says no you cannot quit like does that not does it have like a um in terms of free will it, itself was that something that you thought that a lot of people in the film in the film may have had an issue with in terms of like this is why this is this goes against free will because if you're if you don't want to do something but you're telling yourself you're going to do it uh is that not free will which which side of the coin are do you land on in terms of like who is correct mm. Oh, so that's that's a good question. I'm sure if you wanna. I, I had to think about that for a second, if Christina. Yeah. If you wanna, you wanna answer that one. I think you could give a better answer than I would. So. Ah, oh, not true. <laughs> but I will answer. Um, I kind of lean on the side of the like the people protesting, because mm-hmm. I think you lose so much, um, when you do sever, and if you want to leave. I mean, it's still you. So mm-hmm. imagine if your Audi was working at that job. Like, I think that that there's a certain level of connection between consciousness and the brain. Mm-hmm. And I think they are, you are still the same person. And a lot of times right. they still carried and embodied the same personality. They may not have had the why, but again, Helly R is a great example. She was honestly like prima donna in there. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she, you know, was embodying her same, like, yeah, she just didn't know exactly why. So I feel like, I feel like it does go against free will if you mm-hmm. wanted to leave because naturally without the procedure, without the chip, you wouldn't be doing that. Right. Like right. you wouldn't want to be there. Obviously, like Mark couldn't be a professor. So he needed like a mindless job, but he mm-hmm. like would not have been happy doing a mindless job, which right. is why he ended yeah. up trying to get the procedure. And for him, like at the time it made sense, but you can even see like his, any sort of pulling him to something greater. Like before PD, he was just coming in typing. And then now like, he's like, I don't know why I'm searching and like going against the rules. I have no reason to actually do that. When Patricia Arquette's character is like, no, you can't travel the halls anymore. And he still, he still does it, but he doesn't really have a why. Like he doesn't have a reason to disobey, if that makes sense. He's like, he's, yeah, like it's, it's odd because there's a connection. So I I think it it does go against, it does go against your free will. Because you wouldn't want to be doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, no, definitely. And I think, like you said, you gave a, a, an excellent answer. So I'm not sure <laughs> what, what else I can other than at the end of the day, these are very, they're, you know, the, any outside versions of, of these people are, I mean, they're, they're two separate individuals, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sort of with no knowledge of what the other is actually doing. Um, and obviously the most they have is like the, the you know, the extent it's pretty much the aftermath of whatever happened. So example mm-hmm. is when Marcus takes the break room after defying uh harmony uh, multiple times, you know, you see him enter the testing room, meet size with Miss Casey, uh, apologizing for getting her in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then the aftermath is he has like bruising all over his knuckles. And or you even look at like Heli Heli R, for example, where she's sent to the testing room after, you know, know uh trying to get past the coding detectors Mm. stuff like that and and she's forced to repeat the same paragraph a thousand times which is insane to think about because from their perspective they're they're never leaving they leave Mm. for a quarter of a second and Mm. the elevator doors open you know they're 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 going straight back to work um Mm. so they're not really living a fulfilling life i mean i think arguably like them getting the chance to sort of expose uh, the unethical nature of severance is probably the most um, gratifying thing they've ever done because their job is so monotonous and they really don't know what they're doing. That, that's the funniest part as, yeah. as an audience for, for me, at least like that is the least interesting question to answer mm-hmm. because I think if they review what, what it is macro data refinement actually does, we'll probably be left unsatisfied. So I'm fine with oh, them. Yeah. I like the idea of it being literally just of of it being nothing. Like there's no significance to what they do. You know, and what I, I mean? think like, it's I, a fun little thing that they can keep on season after season, episode after episode. Because even when you go to Bert's department optics, like they don't know what they're doing. 
Like, yeah, he doesn't know. Exactly. I mean, we were talking about the paintings earlier. He doesn't know. Like that, yeah. he just doesn't yeah. know. Okay, like yeah, exactly. alone, he just don't yeah. know. He's doing what he's yeah. supposed to do. Okay, is that and I like that concept too because yeah. for me, I think there's sort of you know, like my main concern with the show moving forward is I don't want them to go so beyond the rails that it becomes unwatchable, like a Fast and Furious type situation. If they take their time, they will not do that. Like Euphoria is a great example. Um, I don't know if you watched that, but the way HBO builds the characters, the, it, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, if Severance, Severance has a lot of characters they can work with and it will mm-hmm. give them multiple seasons because we're interested in all of them. So you can build on any of those characters, as many of the characters as you want. Like I was even interested in the woman who gave birth and then and then turned around and was confused when Mark's sister's like, hey girl, like William's so cute. And she's like, his name's Brad. Like, okay, yeah. like weirdo. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And oh, that's so weird. They, they, yeah, no, they, thank you for a minute. I, I remember that, yeah. Thank, thank you for mentioning that. And, yeah. and something I wanted to ask you too was, well, actually, I think both of you would know the answers to this question. But, um, did you interpret it the ending as? Because I think like uh, when uh, Heliar is like going through the exhibit in the ending or whatever, I heard like some audio that said from from her where it's like you know, we have like two to three thousand people across the world. So my question was, did they mean severance mm-hmm. extends beyond Lumina Industries or that two to 3,000 people from all across the world go to Lumen for the severance procedure? So do you think that like severance, well, because if it did, I'm assuming that'd be like, like widely reported, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if mm-hmm. uh, sort of what your thoughts are, if, you know, like, I'm, ass- I'm assuming so, but because for all we know, because that's why I asked because of like uh the the example Christina mentioned of like the birthing center, where she yeah. says oh, wait, that that's not my baby's name. What are you like, what are you talking that's about? So yeah. yeah, it's it's possible that it's all in that one spot because think about it like no one knows how big this place is. No mm-hmm. one knows where these departments are. Like all you see are white hallways. Like. <laughs> everything looks the same so no one knows yeah and no one knows where everything is but you see the map that pd made right like it's it's all over the place and we haven't even covered his whole map because he had and heliar like pointed this out but there's a part where there's just houses and Mm -hmm. she's like we haven't even got that's that's where they live Mm, that's, that's, I didn't assume that's, that. That's how I took that. That's how I took it. Like where where uh Cobell and, and Mark, you know how they're neighbors. Yeah. You remember seeing like when when he's driving off. Every time they show him driving off or her driving off, they show all the other houses. They look. I exact saw same. those, but I didn't know that that's so. That's Lumen Housing. Because, but then that must be right next to the facility. But the facility is so big that you don't even know because when they go to perpetuity, um, Mm -hmm. there is that replica of 
here's how how we're yes. like so it's like i don't know could that be yeah. the housing because it's just from what it seems like it seems like it's just mark and harmony who live there it, that's all they're showing us but i think that everybody no you're wrong no actually. never mind i am wrong. you are wrong because irving, wrong, is, irving lives in a different yeah, jesus I, and so does bert I agree with his statement to answer your question, Matt. Like, I think it's in that area, but we don't know necessarily who, for example. Like, we we have no idea who. Like, they could be walking around, and you just, you just wouldn't know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how many. I think they gave a number, um, maybe because this is just the start. <laughs> And they're going to really, really push it. And it's all experimental right now. Because even when Matt's sister goes to research um, that guy who's in government, the white, the Mm. woman who had the baby, her husband, and Mm. he's at the forefront of um, pushing severance in a positive way. The article was from like two years ago like the date of the article, um, which I thought was important to note, which means they have been pushing it for some time. Well, Bert's been working there seven years. Right. right? And then Petey has been there. Yeah, so you just, yeah, we're just picking it up at Mark's story, which is, wow. again, they can, they have a lot of room. They just need to take their time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly and the the one last thing i do want to mention is i i only so it's just my concerns because shows this creative tend to be tend to spiral into, into craziness right and we don't know the full extent of what uh lumen actually like really what lumen actually is um where all these apart like as both of you stated like where these apartments are located how many workers do they actually have in the building etc um and Miss Casey basically is this like the wellness instructor. So anyone who visits there basically undergoes like the psychological evaluation to make sure that they're that they're fit to do their task. Um, and it's revealed that she's Mark's wife who passed away in a car accident. And I love the scene because I this very like emotional music is playing over, and he's doing a monologue, which is parallels to what miss casey was at like the question miss casey was asking him mm-hmm. as well so it was sort of like building mm-hmm. and building and obviously like i said the bombshell reveal uh of his wife technically being alive so do you think that the chip like for lack of a better word resurrect someone but only as in any self and the testing room that she sent back into is for her to just sort of be turned off, like a, basically like a robot in essence. So like we reactivate the chip, she's alive again, but she can't express anything beyond what the chip allows. Otherwise, you know, she dies again or something like that. Because we don't know when she was acquired by, uh, you know, Lumen. Or for all we know, she could have secretly been, um, you know, severed long ago, but opted not to tell Mark, you know? 
You can go first, Derek, because I have very strong, I have a strong answer. To okay, okay. <laughs> I, I think that, just to sum it up real fast, I think that it's possible, I, I, think, I think she's just alive and, and no one knows where she is. I, I think she's yeah. off somewhere and no one just, it's just one of those things where she, I think she's, she works for Lumen for sure. <laughs> as like 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 a like high exec and that's just something that we don't know about yet that's that's my theory on it right now because I, I think i don't think that the chip has any power to bring anybody back i think no it's just what's that that, that just that thing that you can use to cut off your memory from yeah that area and, yeah and that- yeah. yeah, and that's why I mentioned like the goal beyond the rails thing because yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. they will, but it's sort of like a working theory. That's what you're I have fearing. That. I hope that, they do not. That, yeah, that I can tolerate that if the explanation makes sense. But I think sort of what obviously what Christina's answer is probably going to say it makes sense for them to sort of strict like stick with you know what the chip actually does or what mm-hmm. you know we're believed uh, it does for the time being. I mean, they have enough to go with a lot of stories as i've said like i think it could be a running sub plot that we're mm. trying to figure out what lumen does and that's kind of fun and i think they should keep running with that and keep giving us mm. these random yet cohesive interactions like the baby goats and the guy's freaking out and he's like the goats aren't ready <laughs> and you're like okay sir like relax um yeah but i was, I, I was like that's dinner for me <laughs> I think honestly they could go a lot of directions with Miss Casey. Um I mean they could even dive deeper into Mark S's personal life. I mean we get glimpses of that with his interaction with his sister and his brother-in-law. Um and they talk about how they were really close and blah 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 and all of these things, but what if she just I don't know. Like, what if, what if he just sucked? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, and that was just I, like he an did. Active... You could see glimpses of that. You, yeah, you, you definitely did not. Yeah. Think about the interaction he had with the girl he's kind of dating, like the birthing coach, mm-hmm. and he goes out to like, you know, have this interaction with the woman who programs the chip, and then he comes back, and it's the middle of the night. And he's like, mm-hmm. she's like, should I just leave? Because you've been gone for an, like, I've been up. I heard your car. And he's like, no, you didn't. Go back to bed. I'm just, a, like, he he has this weird demeanor anyway. And then she's like, should I leave? Picture what time that is, okay? Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like, like yeah. yeah, I guess you should. <laughs> yeah, like, so she's got to leave in the wee hours of the morning. Like, y'all just. We're assuming y'all did stuff, and she's sleeping over, and you're like, "All right, it's three a.m." Yeah. yeah. Or Get when he sort of has to go. Yeah. <laughs> or when he tears yeah. a pic. Yeah. Or when he tears his wife's picture in half, like you know, drunk. Oh, that and was wild. I was like, "Oh," and then to see him tape everything up, and then have him give that like monologue, uh, was really well done. Um, yeah. So like he might something else, but. So they could go you in go a lot of directions. Yeah, they could just go in a lot of directions. And I hope that they yeah. do. Um, I thought it was interesting Irving's direction 
um and how yeah. like pressed Irving was like I was like bro <laughs> yeah but it, it's, it's interesting you gotta move on bro we yeah we just yeah, have yeah, so yeah, yeah. many we have so many unanswered questions um that allow for a season two like what was the significance of of the card uh dylan picked up in ond before they were all sent back to the office um yeah, because yeah, military yeah. ended up confiscated that was the whole reason why he activated the overtime procedure um why is irving painting the hallway uh miss casey goes through to head down to like what was called the testing room um obviously like the question that i don't personally want to answer is what what is it that macro data refinement actually does mm-hmm. you know will that be answered i hope not i really think it's just i honestly I think hope they just it's keep just it as a fun yeah. like we don't know like we don't need I like to it. know <laughs> I, I like it for me yeah. i i interpret it as like it's just a matter of keeping the workers busy. Yeah. Like yeah, what they're like, doing is so insignificant. Like literally like what they're doing, it doesn't make the, make the industry, like make the, um, the company profitable. It's literally just, you are under our control. We'll give you these tasks and that's it. Like there's no like weird thing. where like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to mind control everyone in the world or something like that. Like, I don't want there to be like some diabolical plot. I like to think that, it's just a metaphor for how companies treat workers, how they have them undergo these very like poor conditions, how unethical they can be, how they don't really meet the, uh, the necessary criteria to have them be in an environment they feel comfortable or safe in, um, and stuff like that. So, and you're basically in the Truman Show. They're pulling the strings. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. we get this when Harmony is like, "Oh, I'm letting them be a little free." To give them a little, yeah. a little purpose, and then she like yeah. reins it in, like no more. As soon as you yeah. discover that optics and design, like they're a huge department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like I, so I think that if I had to guess, I would say that this has something to do with Rwanda, because the fact that the coffee co- specifically comes from Rwanda, there's some type of connection to me with what they're doing somehow, some way to Rwanda. Because I don't know. Is, that's so random to, to have coffee like from like they, 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 they specifically show it and Milchek is specifically like speaking about it too. Like he's, he, he brings the coffee oh, to, to okay. Mike and says, Hey, here you go. Here's your coffee, fresh from the hills of Rwanda, straight from the hills of Rwanda. There's some to me. There's something that that's a connection to that somehow, some way. I don't know why. I don't know. Don't I know what, but I think that line has a deeper meaning. But mm-hmm. it, there's no. I interpret it as this is one of the few opportunities you'll get to know what the outside is like. Yes. So here that's you are. how I interpreted okay. it okay. as well. That's it. Like they okay. give them okay. Okay. because that's a running theme. They give them sort of incentives to keep yeah, yeah, yeah. some semblance of purpose. Because like you said earlier, like, you know, all they see is their work life. They don't really have much purpose besides mm. the quote unquote work and these fun snippets of things. So when someone comes along and they give them like, this coffee's from Rwanda, 
it gives them a new conversation, right? Like, oh, I'm drinking Rwandan coffee. And that's yeah, why yeah, when yeah, they yeah. go to the wellness centers, like Miss Casey gives them general snippets. You are really kind. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like nonsensical general snippets, but they, mm-hmm. they need that because they have no semblance of life but they don't know that they have no semblance of life. But it seems to like brighten them up a lot more when they have these, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Yeah, like they have a lot they can, and again, I cannot stress this enough. Just take your time. I feel like that's where Handmaid's Tale went wrong. It was like first season was a Mm -hmm. smash hit. Second Mm -hmm. season was like, because it was like they were rushing so much that they were missing um, really good details. And then it just got worse and worse. And I haven't seen a show do it that well, except for Euphoria. And they have one other season coming out and then they're done. And I think that's that's how you do a good show. You let well enough alone. (laughs) You leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think one thing Apple TV does well is from what I've seen so far, because there was another series that I saw with Olivia Spencer that was really good. Um, Defending Jacob. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Defending Jacob was another one. No, that was that was with uh, Chris Evans. Um, Jesus, I forgot all about that one. But it was that and and one with Olivia Spencer in it, um, where they developed the story properly and it didn't seem like it was too much it didn't seem like they rushed anything like defending jacob only had one season i think but there was another show octavia spencer that had two seasons that connected very well seemed very well paced and they didn't rush the yeah because they have a lot i mean i i I can't they they just have so much that they Mm -hmm. can really explore here and mm-hmm. so there really isn't a need to, to go crazy, yeah. to be honest. No, and they, and everything is, everything is well done. Like I didn't feel like any themes were shoved in my face, like diversity. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. there, like it existed yeah. in different spaces and in different levels, which was nice. Yeah. Um, LGBTQ presence was there again wasn't in your face like there was the the way they did it was so beautifully done where it was just mm-hmm. like there is this romance happening yeah and mm-hmm. it's like the viewer can feel it they're not even yeah. like they don't need to bang like they they yeah, they, yes. they, yeah, they, yeah. I know what you mean it and it just oh, felt sorry, natural go no go ahead no, that's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. Is I I love how you know like when representation is done right, you don't fall into those stereotypes. You try to you know just treat every character as they are another person, because yeah. all of our feelings are valid, all of them are natural, and none should nothing should be more normal. Well, I mean some feelings like obviously like murder and all that like i don't think you should have those kinds of feelings but it, it generally speaking right like some feelings shouldn't be normalized one or others because we're all humans we think differently and it's a nice it's a nice space at least in today's world to be where we should be able to respect each other regardless of 
you know, who I did, who we identify as, uh, and things of that nature. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I really like that. Book. Really yeah. dope. I mean, I'm even thinking about Milchek's character. Like when I first started watching it, I was like, all right, is he just another assistant? But he's, yeah, yeah. he's actually way more than that. And he, he holds a lot of power, um, in his position, which was very interesting to see play out throughout the show, mm-hmm. as well as the woman who is the only one who can program and deprogram the chips. Like that yeah. was a cool role um, to see a person of color in as well. Not that you initially perceive them as that, but sometimes these shows do make you feel like, all right, like it's over. You, yeah. And even the dynamic between Mark and um, the doula or the birthing yeah, yeah. coach, like yeah. it's just like another woman he's going on a date with who has this kind of sub role, but she's not in your face. Like we're not like, mm-hmm. oh, another interracial couple. Like yeah, we're just yeah. like, oh, he's going on a date. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and she yeah. happens which, to which be this refreshing. person of color. Yeah, so it was very yeah. refreshing, and they had great chemistry. Like it was awkward, like for their roles, it was like an awkward mm-hmm. <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah, it was it was great. They did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Derek was there anything else you wanted to add to that as no. well, or no? I think I think that's I think that's it for me. That's it for me. Yeah. Uh, trying to think what else um well obviously the the close up what would you rate the series uh, as a whole so we do uh, like movie stuff so um out of five out of five, five movie subs so uh i guess we can start with you know what, what would you rate the series um overall oh um based on season one i would rate it a five out of five that's a strong rating a 4.8 out of five <laughs> I don't okay. want to, it was really good. Like, I, like it was just really good. I don't know where they're going season two, but <laughs> 4.8. That's fair. That's fair. What about yeah. yourself, Derek? Oh, I'm going to give it a five. I, I, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I, I, I thought it was very well paced. I, I, I think they had a great balance of, of characters and, and showcasing their, their storylines without being overbearing and I'm with it. So yeah, five. Um I'd probably do so I, I usually go by point five. Um I'd probably give this a four point five. I have like very minor flaws with the show, but like nothing what? that betray- like not- well i think pace- pacing was what i think some episodes were were not as well paced as others i think mm-hmm. um the, the ending like the end like the weird dance number uh for the waffle party was yeah. very in your <laughs> face that was weird and, uh, that was and weird. weird because yeah. i i understand that like lumen it, it isn't like very normal so to speak but i really felt like they could have just done without like the 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 awkwardness i really don't know yeah. what they were going for i think the goat scene was a bit unnecessary to me I, maybe it was a metaphor for how sort of like lumen has a worker under their fingertips but unless that has like a role to play in the future i'd probably yeah. I, I understand like why they show that brief scene um yeah. and all that so like a, a few a few of those like moments of weirdness that sort of made me think well 
Did you really have to add that in there? Because I already know what you're going for. You don't need to go. The ghost scene, like I that. feel like, was very necessary. I feel like they had been very intentional about everything. Like, I don't know if you remember the scene where Harmony is praying to her shrine, but there's, like, almost like a hospital band that has some yeah. woman's name, Charlotte, and they really Charlotte. focused in on that. Um, Charlotte Cobell. Yep. And I think... Yeah. I think the goat scene was necessary. I will kind of agree with you on the dancing scene because I didn't understand the purpose of that except if the purpose was um, to, I guess, meet human needs because they are still human. You know what I mean? Well, and you guys remember that painting, though. It, that's that's what the painting was about was a uh the it was a guy that had this whip and he was going it was he was about to strike down and it was the the the, the goat the 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 jester and then um i think it was a lady or something like that so the masks they were wearing were all characters that was from a painting that they showed i think in like mm. episode two or three something like that so it, it referenced back to one of the paintings, but that so it's something that's within the 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 culture of Lumen. I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, yeah. so I will agree with you on that scene. I think the baby goats were necessary, though. I don't know. Sure. I don't know why, because one, they appeared so early on in the mm-hmm. season, and I felt like they they were very particular about every hint. And things oh, that they said sure. and did. So it was like, e- even the way the guy was freaking out, like, you know, yeah. he doesn't know. Like, that showed, it showed many different things because he didn't know who they were. He just knows mm-hmm. someone comes and picks up these ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Like, and, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, not yeah. ready. He thought it was and them. Then, yeah. Yeah, I think like the only other flaw I have would be I think the the weakest characters had to be Devin and Rickon. Uh, a lot of the time they were, they were just there to be there. Uh, I did like what they did with Mark, uh, the any version of Mark reading his book, and sort of developing like these new like these new ideas and how he ends up taking him in person. Say no, you you changed my life. Like you helped me, you know, like find the confidence to do what I have to do, or it's at least. Mm-hmm. You know, we or at the very least, we know that's sort of in the back of his mind. Um, and then for Devin's character, I don't know. Like those characters didn't really stand out to me uh, a lot of the time. I, I, I sort like of like how were, like Devin. They were just to move the plot for Matt, which yeah, they, they are necessary because yeah, you have to move the plot somehow, and like it would feel too forced if Patricia Arquette was the one who kept moving the plot. Which yeah, she was yeah, yeah, yeah. in his Audi life, but it, it was like you had to give give something else for it to move along. Sure. And I I think those characters are very important. And again, another yeah, reference yeah. to Euphoria. There is a character in Euphoria that that is the character's only job, and it is very needed. And they give her a little bit at the end of this last season, but like. <laughs> They need that because yeah. what else yeah, would we? Yeah, yeah. Nobody else could really do that. Like the woman he was dating couldn't. You needed somebody who was like he trusted, and then they had already, you know, PD's already out. 
and he was moving the plot along in the first couple of episodes. And you can't rely on Harmony because she's playing these dual roles. And if you give too much, because they're already teetering on the line of it being like, well, why is she here so much? Like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't really rely on her. So you needed this person that you would naturally and normally call up. And mm-hmm. I liked that Devin's character fell flat because I don't need, I don't need to know her story. I just need her yes. to take me yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to Mark next. Yeah. Like I, I that's job. all. Yeah. Do your yeah. job. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel Fair that. enough. Yeah. yeah. If you're Which wondering why I was, was a theme. Yeah. And if you're wondering why I was smirking, my, my mom just like opened it. Cause I saw my door open and then she, she was like, oh, and like very slowly for a second. So I wasn't laughing at what you were saying. Which is, no, you're that, okay. That's why, yeah. In case you're what I was listening to you though. I just, I just found that funny. But um, no, I, I definitely, I understand. I definitely understand what you mean. It's just uh, me. I, I don't like what characters only serve that purpose because I really feel like. How else were they going to um, do that though? Like they. Well, they, when it comes to. Well, what was one like the. Yeah. Sorry, you go ahead. No, go know. ahead. Oh no! I was saying like, so what was like the one of the major points you brought up in terms of like Devin? Like, what what does Devin do that otherwise couldn't be done? If that makes sense, I just want to make sure I because I don't want to put words. Well, we get sort of this moment where there's a turning point where Mark is like before before in the beginning he's like, no, I like having a separation. I'm for severance and I'm okay with that. And then when he gets to this turning point and he's almost at a crossroads Devin's character is the character that is sort of um pulling that out of him almost by moving the story the plot along so we get that when she goes to the birthing cabin and he and there Rickon's like oh we have to clear the air and this is just a you know ritual we do so it's like you know, every time she has a contraction, you share a secret. And he's getting to this mm. point where he's like, I don't know how I feel really. <laughs> but I, I got, have I a got secret yeah. and I don't. Gotcha, and, gotcha, gotcha. Sort of, and she's that for him. And as as the season continues, you, you see that more and more. And he kind of starts like dropping a little bit more, or at least he's we're getting moments of reconciliation where he's trying to decide, is it good that I'm severed? Is this a good thing? Or is this actually a bad thing? And I'm a part of it that I never really thought about until, yeah, until like Petey sort of fell into my lap and now he's not here and I don't have anybody to talk to about this and sort of dissect it and figure out how I feel. And she is that character. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I, I think my problem was less with her and more her with Rickon. And oh. more with her not being as compelling as the other characters because that's your only purpose. So when that you it don't. Was. Yeah. You, you, know what, you know what I mean? So I think, I think that that's my. Like my like I said, it's nothing against the actor. I think the actress did a fantastic job, especially they in the just ending have where too sort of... many. I think they ha- they yeah. have a lot of character, a lot of characters sure. that are main and 
they did need, and maybe they'll develop her in other seasons, but her, like, it's like, who else were we going to get that from? Because all of his right. actual friends and that, and Petey makes a good point. When Petey sat down with him, he was like, I'm your best friend. You are just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Eight, like you're a good uh, friend you're, uh, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> if that goes to show that Mark actually does not speak to anybody like he mm-hmm. really just goes to work and his world is very very small um, and we get that from the people that he interacts with so I don't know who else they would have built that for him with because. Sure. He just, he clearly has no friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he so, doesn't yeah, have any yeah, friends. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. I think another thing, too, for me is I, I tend to, I tend to compare characters with each other. So, you know, by, you know, by result, you know, I, I will say, like, I, I didn't like X character because she, you know, he or she wasn't given, you know, like, wasn't given the necessary development. When sometimes characters, a lot of the time, characters are just there uh, to progress the plot, but but does so in a way that isn't um, sort of like obtrusive, like, I'm trying to find the right word, that feels organic. And in the case of mm-hmm. Devin, a lot of it was just sort of Mark having to spill out uh, his feelings. And really, I mean, that's really a lot of the times what siblings do with each other. They sort of confide in one another. Try to understand what the other's going through the you know the guy them through a, through a tough time but yeah that's sort of uh yeah where i stand on it but like i said it, as a whole i mean the show really does not have many falls at all mm-hmm. like very very few so yeah i just it, i definitely wonder if you watch it at some point once i my brain gets unscrambled by the ending um yeah because yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy it's crazy yeah no most definitely i agree with that i agree with that all right well i think I think that's that wraps it up pretty much, right? I think yes, it does. Mind cleared. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. All right. Have a TV. Well, Watch it. <laughs> Christina, go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you if you want to give your social medias out. Um, you guys can follow out. me on Instagram at Hey Chrissy Three Wise, and that's about it. <laughs> All right. You can find me over there, but I will. I'll catch you guys later. All right. Have a good right. one. Thank you for joining us. Thank yeah, you. Thank you guys for watching and or listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Perfect. Have a good one, everyone.